There is one story that every person is a part of, and it goes like this. God created us out of love to be in relationship with him. But our trust in God was broken by sin, and we became separated from him. So God sent Jesus Christ into the world to redeem us and restore us to new life. We all belong within the big, universal story of God's redeeming love. But at the same time, we each have our own individual experiences with God. Our encounters with his grace, mercy, hope, healing. These moments are as unique and unrepeatable as we are. And they are stories that are meant to be shared. You're listening to The Story, a podcast by St. Andrew the Apostle Catholic Church. In each episode, a different member of our community tells the story of a personal experience in their journey to know and follow the Lord. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Story. For episode 10, I spoke with Trudy Driscoll. Trudy works as an office assistant here in the St. Andrew Parish office. to do this. I know it's outside some people's comfort zone uh, and I'm just happy that you agreed. Yes. Well, and... I'll talk a little bit about that, I think, <laughs> Good. because um, yeah, it is a little bit out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone. I'm a little nervous, but thank you That's for okay. <laughs> putting me at ease. No problem. So why don't you introduce yourself for people? My name's Trudy Driscoll. And I've been happily married to my husband, Tom, for almost 41 years. We have three children, Michael, who's 34, Sean is 29, and Olivia is 26. Mm -hmm. So I'm the youngest of my parents' seven children. There's four girls and three boys. My oldest brother was 20 years older than me when I was born. He was in college. So there's big age Mm -hmm. spread there. All three of my brothers have passed away, mm-hmm. along with one of my sisters, three of them just in this last year. So it's been really difficult. Mm-hmm. So that leaves me and my two sisters remaining. Um, I've been a member of St. Andrew's Catholic Church for over 30 years. I think, I'm trying to figure it out, I think it's about 34 years. So I'm a cradle Catholic. Okay. My father was a non-practicing Lutheran, Mm -hmm. but my mom was a devout Catholic. Okay. So my personal faith in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit has been like really strong my whole life. Um, It's been central to who I am. And it's gotten me through a lot of things. My mom was my role model, especially concerning faith. She had challenges and she had her shortcomings, like like we all do. Right. But she was really influential in my life. She talked a lot about religion and she talked a lot about politics, (laughs) the two subjects that Uh you shouldn't talk about at a dinner table. Uh But she was very passionate about both of them. And she modeled many really positive behaviors for me. She was a great mom. She was a wife daughter, sister, caregiver, volunteer. And she was called by God. She was wonderful. So what am I doing here today? (laughs) What am I going to share? I started, so I started working at the St. Andrew Parish office. Mm -hmm. This was back in October of 2019. 
and it's been kind of crazy since then, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, but it has been such an incredible blessing for me in so many ways. When I walk in, peace just comes over me. All the people are wonderful, and um, my prayer life has gotten significantly better mm-hmm. just, just from being here and being around yeah. people. So another wonderful thing that happened was we were encouraged and supported to enroll in the Catholic Bible School of Michigan. Mm. So I started in September, year one of four, with a nine-month-long journey Mm -hmm. into the Old Testament. We just finished it, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I had learned some of the books, and I had learned some of the stories through Catholic grade school and Mass, and I had a women's devotional Mm -hmm. Bible. And so I read that, but it was nothing. (laughs) I mean, nothing compared to what we learned and what we talked about Mm -hmm. in this class. Um, They brought God to life for me. And so I was amazed and even a little bit surprised how the Old Testament foreshadowed the New Testament. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that before. Mm -hmm. And I was just grateful. I mean, beyond belief, how much what we were learning and talking about was connecting to my life every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've talked with some other staff Mm -hmm. members or some people that have been taking it and will be like, how did this work? (laughs) I don't understand it. I didn't understand it, but... What a blessing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So back in October, I think it was, back in the fall, um, one of our discussion questions, I don't mm-hmm. know if you'll remember this because you mm-hmm. were in the class yes. too. I just finished class as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, the question was this, in Genesis 12, God called Abraham for a life-changing mission. Most of us do not receive that type of call, but God is calling all of us in some way. What do you think he is calling you to do? What is slash can be our response? Mm. And I thought about this and I shared a little bit about, but it was later at a staff meeting when you were talking about this new project, the podcast, Mm -hmm. the story Mm -hmm. that I committed um, to sharing a little bit about my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't something that I do. I like to talk. I talk a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just not about my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually share my faith by modeling it, like to my family or to my Mm -hmm. children or to Mm -hmm. other people. But this time, God was calling me, and I was going to respond. Sharing my faith in this way would require me to think a lot about my whole life. Many times, there's too much noise in our life, and we don't Mm -hmm. hear God or it's not convenient for us, and we don't respond with that resounding yes, Mm -hmm. like so many Bible people Mm -hmm. did. So this process of sharing my faith would help me see where I had heard God's calling and where, more importantly, where I had responded to him. You've started to see some things from the past. Exactly. Amazing. And so my husband, Tom, and I have talked about this. And he was really helpful. He has a really strong faith, mm-hmm. but totally different from mine. Mm-hmm. And um, we shared some things and, and we went, it was an aha moment. Yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about that. So growing up, always, I wanted to be a doctor. And so it was always my plan. I mean, we, you know, everyone knew that. 
And so after high school, I came to University of Michigan mm -hmm. and I enrolled in college with the plan and the hope of going on to med school. But unfortunately, for a whole bunch of reasons that I mm -hmm. won't even talk about, it didn't happen. It just didn't work out. And I was really disappointed. Mm -hmm. I was embarrassed because I dropped out of school totally. Mm -hmm. it, it would feel for many years even like I was a failure. And it lasted a long time. But in hindsight, after all these years, mm -hmm. after many years, I have come to realize that it wasn't my calling to be a medical doctor. It just wasn't. With all the years of schooling and the rigorous training, mm -hmm. it just didn't fit into my life. But God's plan for me all along was to be a caregiver. Mm. And so I've used, you know, some of my God-given talents. Mm -hmm. So I was always interested in science. And so I had basic science and first aid care. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really good at crises management. Mm -hmm. And I stay calm. But mostly it was my caring and helping skills, mm -hmm. my compassion, and my time that helped me be a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough to work part-time when my kids were growing up. So I was at home, and I was available to people. So God gave me many opportunities to give care to both my kids and my extended family. And so what came to me is to share a, a three of these important mm -hmm. stories that okay. I've had in my life. So it goes back to 1998. Okay. So my mother was 80 years old. She was living up in the UP alone. My father had passed away, and she got to the point she just wasn't doing well. So it became clear to us kids that something had to be done. So it took some planning, and it took us, Tom and I, my, our family, a move to a new house but we finally urged my mom. I mean, we had to convince her mm -hmm. to move in with us. She didn't want it. Tom and I both had the same belief that families should be together, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't right. work out that way. But we were coming from the same place. Because mm -hmm. when I was growing up and when he was growing up, relatives lived with us. Mm. That's just how it was. And it, it was wonderful. So I had some really good... Mm -hmm role models in that. And I yeah. had some really good experience with that. So Tom and I heard God's call loudly and we responded in a major way. So this became my ministry at that time. We had children. They were ages 12, 6, and 3. So my mom had heart and lung problems and also dementia, mm -hmm. which was the most challenging part of it. She fell three times. She broke her pelvis. She broke her hip and she broke her arm because she oh, just wow. couldn't remember mm -hmm. that she couldn't walk by herself. Right. So she'd get up and fall. It was exhausting at times. It was hard. Mm -hmm. um, many evenings I'd walk with my sister Pam and, and I would just vent and yeah. I'd cry to her. Mm -hmm. And then I prayed. I mean, I prayed all the time. I prayed constantly. Please, God, give me patience. Mm -hmm. Was I doing this or that right? Um, how could I be a mother to my mom? 
Or how could I be a mom at the same time to my young children? Right. Could I do this for months Mm -hmm. or maybe years? I mean, we had no idea. We didn't know. So I didn't even know what to pray for sometimes. It's really interesting. So I found a prayer. It was, Father, thy will be done. And I just kept saying that. And I knew my faith and my trust that it was going to be okay. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I knew it was going to be okay. So we definitely would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. We were doing what we were called to do, what families do. Mm -hmm. Both of us had really strong families and what serving is all about. Mm -hmm. So helping the sick and the weak and the frail and seeing God in others, Mm -hmm. even when it was hard, facing a challenge. So Mm -hmm. slowly... I kind of learned something. I'm a doer. I love to just take care of their everything. Mm. So I learned to just be, capital B-E. Mm. Um, I, I found that I didn't have to do something all the time. Um, I could just be present with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I spent hours. I spent days in hospitals and emergency rooms and mm-hmm. hallways, doctor's offices. <laughs> it goes on and on. Right. And by bedsides. I mean... I just, it it turned out I would get more practice at this being, but it was really important. So my mom would actually graduate from hospice. They moved her to the evangelical Mm -hmm. home in Celine here, Mm -hmm. where she passed away three weeks later. Her body died in the early morning of, I remember, Friday, July 30th, 1999. Me, my brother Tom, my sisters Maurice and Pam were by her side. But I really believe that um, her soul left her the evening before. Um, She all day had been having this jerking motion with her head. Her eyes were closed, and she was totally unresponsive for the whole day and night. It was really disconcerting to see her like that. So at one point, my niece, uh, Melissa, and her husband, Mike, came by to kind of say their goodbyes. And there was a room pretty full of people, and everyone was talking amongst themselves. And I was standing there, and I was watching my mom. She turned her head. She opened her eyes. She looked up and smiled. And she had, I mean, it was like a beam. And she then, um, she left her body, I believe, Mm -hmm. in ecstasy. Mm. It was beautiful. It was an incredible gift Mm -hmm. to me, everything that we had been through. Mm -hmm. So this is only a year that seemed like a a lot longer. A really long time. A really long time. I um, spent Even though she went to Arbor Hospice Residence Mm -hmm. for quite a long time, I visited her every single day Mm -hmm. just to be with her. Mm -hmm. So that was an incredible gift from God to me. So later, it's in 2000, 2003, 2004, when my brother's Tom had significant health problems. He had cancer and he had Mm -hmm. liver issues. And for a couple of years, He had to go to the U of M Cancer Center every month. So he would come from Port Huron, where he was living, and he'd come stay at our house with us for a few days. 
um, Livia gave him her bed and mm-hmm. he even had this special chair in our living room. Mm-hmm. So it was becoming really connected to mm-hmm. our family. It was a really difficult time for him. So I would drive him to the U of M and I would just keep him company. I'd take notes if he needed it. We'd talk and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times laugh, mm-hmm. laugh a lot. But there were days also of sadness and frustration and even a even some anger there. So when in the spring of 2004, he moved to Celine to be near us so we could help him more. Unfortunately, he only was here for, I think it wasn't even a month. Mm-hmm. His condition deteriorated rapidly then. So he was taken to U of M Hospital and decided that he would go to Arbor Hospice Residence, where he lasted less than one day. 24 hours. During this time, he was totally unresponsive. It was busy. So my sisters were coming and his family and my family, his grandkids, they're all coming to kind of say their goodbyes. But there was this one hour, it was Saturday around lunchtime where everyone else left. And um, I stayed with him. It was just He had a roommate behind a curtain. It was kind of awkward, Mm -hmm. but Tom and me. And I could tell at that point he was actively dying. Mm -hmm. His breathing was getting really slow and really shallow. So I wanted to comfort him. And and in some ways, I wanted to comfort myself, Mm -hmm. I think, too. So I started singing Mm -hmm. and praying out loud. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't care. I, I was that cognizant, that's right, exactly. And there yeah. was even songs I didn't know the words mm-hmm. to, and I would just hum or make them up or whatever. And it wasn't long that he took his last breath mm-hmm. with me there. And it was another another gift from mm-hmm. God to me. So about five minutes after this, I mean, it was it was crazy. Our family started coming into the room, and they mm-hmm. were laughing and talking like we, my family does a lot, <laughs> a lot. And I cried and I told him that he had just passed. And mm-hmm. we all said the Our Father together and the Hail Mary together. And individually, people were able to say their goodbyes. And that was the first loss of one of my siblings. And one more story. Yeah. So we fast forward to 2013. So my husband, Tom's dad, had passed away in 2003. So his mom lived by herself um, in Ann Arbor, but it got to the point where she just couldn't live by herself anymore. God called us, Tom mm-hmm. and I. Um, this was going to be a little bit different from me. It was my mother-in-law. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's a different relationship. There's a little different. We were very close. I mm-hmm. called her mom, mm-hmm. so it was nice. Otherwise, I... You know, some people's relationship, I wouldn't have been able to do right, it. Right, right. But for months, she did really well living with her son and her daughter-in-law and her grandchildren. Um, she liked all the activity around and the people around, and we'd try to take her with us when we could. But a little bit later, a few months later, she had a stroke. Mm. Right in front of me, I knew she was having a stroke. And talk about feeling helpless. But mm-hmm. she, again, was on hospice. We knew... At any moment, Mm -hmm. she could pass. So, um, but it altered her speech significantly. She would just talk, and it 
it was gibberish and she thought she was telling us things and we didn't understand and it was so challenging Mm -hmm. um so we looked back and we had our family had already had these experiences with like intergenerational living Mm -hmm. we had experienced this and it helped helped Mm -hmm. a lot we there was some funny things and one cute little thing we um we gave my mom her Tom's mom a little bell that mm-hmm. she would ring when she would need someone uh-huh. if she was in the other room and we still laugh about it now when we thought when we talk about it or think about it cuz she would yell out she'd ring the bell and she'd say Trudy <laughs> Trudy in this little sing-songy uh. voice she had this really high it was so sweet but it was never Tom uh-huh. Not once, I don't think, did uh-huh. I ever hear her call Tom or call the kids. It was me. And um, she ended up receiving the last rites by Father Francis, and she was called to her heavenly home in her bedroom in our house with Tom and his sister Trish and me present. And for the third time in my what I feel like a young life, mm-hmm. I had been given this special gift mm-hmm. from God. So this is the ending. The caregiving that my mom and my brother and my mother allowed me to give mm-hmm. them gave me more blessings and more gifts than I could ever imagine. You know, God spoke to me and he called me by name, mm-hmm. just like my mother-in-law did. Mm-hmm. And um, he placed me in the lives of these loved ones at those mm-hmm. moments for a reason. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it at the time, but it was always a part of his plan, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I have learned so much about faith and gifts and blessing. Yeah. I, I can definitely, I can totally see that common theme of caregiving. And I think it's so cool that you wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And so many times we have a plan for our life and it doesn't happen. And then you talked about that disappointment and that feeling embarrassment and that feeling like a failure. Yes. And I'm guessing a lot of people can relate to that in some sense of some other area of their life. And it it's like instead now when you look back and you're telling me this, it's like I can imagine God looking at you, his daughter, during those moments and like trying to just like help you pivot, mm-hmm. giving you something that's better suited for you. And it it's going to use some of that similar inclination that you have to care for people. Right. It's really beautiful how that happened. And that's one of my favorite things about when we tell these stories is we see things in hindsight, like you said that you don't necessarily notice at the time, but when you put it together, there's a pattern. Yes. And it, it's amazing. It is. How it, that happens. That's all I can, that's the only word I, know. <laughs> I can think of too. It's amazing. And we have another family member mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. having some health issues. And Father John said to me, Trudy, you were put in his life uh-huh. for him. And yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. He saw that. Yeah, yeah. From a different vantage mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And now it's like our, my family, we kind of laugh about it. Uh-huh. There's nothing funny about it, but well, Trudy was <laughs> going to take care of them, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's an like, expectation, but it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. Yeah. I, I feel proud of that. I mm-hmm. really do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should. I think, um, 
you know, there's like, I think about my own family or other people that are listening. I know have family that, you know, have had to be taken care of in their old age and, you know, as they approach death and things like that. And it's really taxing is like an understatement going emotionally, physically, mentally, everything going through it once. Yeah. So I'm really, it really strikes me that I think you have a lot of fortitude um, to like endure that multiple times. Um, do you feel like you learned things when you were taking care of your mom that helped you take care of your brother and when you were taking care of your brother that helped you take care of your mother-in-law? Definitely. Um, different things. I mean, I just felt um, more comfortable. Mm. I didn't feel so panicked at times. I had faith that it would not be forever. Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. I didn't know how long it would be. And there was still those times with my mother-in-law. Um, my brother, it wasn't so intimate. You know, he wasn't actually living with mm -hmm. us. But I, with all of them, I felt a connection. Um, and yeah, the experience. I feel really glad that my children were able to also experience Yeah them that experience yeah mm -hmm. you know you called it a gift and a blessing um to have those moments and i wonder what do you think it is about being with somebody at the end of their life yeah that has so much meaning to it i know i i was thinking about that too mm -hmm. and trying to figure out so the only the things that i came up with it's such um uh, such a, a moment, I don't know, a special moment in someone's life. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be marked by something. I want it to be mm -hmm. remembered. I want it to be significant. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when they die, it's joyous. Mm -hmm. And when we see or experience them dying, sometimes it's sadness for us. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a connection, a basic. Uh -huh. I don't know exactly what the word mm -hmm. is, but that connection in the simplest form. Like between be two people? Yes, between two people. And um, that's the only way I, mm -hmm. and a gift, something that you didn't ask for. Yeah. That was given to you mm -hmm. freely. A lot of emotions. It is a lot of emotions. And it, I found it easier Mm -hmm. When I was with other people that mm -hmm. were sharing that with me, mm -hmm. when I was alone mm -hmm. with my brother, I mean, I did. I physically looked around, you mm -hmm. know, I would be, I, I think for probably five seconds, I was like, can I do this? Mm -hmm. And, that, you know, yes. That uh, from God, yes, you yes, can. Yes, mm -hmm. and you want to be a part of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and the the people that have, our loved ones that have suffered here mm -hmm. on earth that you know that you are aware that you have this belief and this trust in mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. that they're going to everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a profound moment. Yeah, it yeah. is. So I feel really good that uh -huh. I was able to share that yeah. with them. I wanted to ask you what being a caregiver for people, um, what that taught has taught you about God's care right for you 
Um, well, I hope that he doesn't have some of the same <laughs> words and feelings that I had yeah. some of those days, especially mm-hmm. with my mom, the dementia. She didn't know us sometimes. Mm-hmm. She accused us of things mm-hmm. sometimes. That was right to your heart mm, that because that wasn't right. your mom. I mean, and even someone would say that, that's not your mom. That's not really her. That's the illness. Um, so it was it was hard having three younger kids. I mean, mm-hmm. Olivia was just getting out of diapers and right. my mom was in diapers. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. I wouldn't, even during it, I said I would not have this any other way. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine only that God's love for us, even when we're mm-hmm. not doing the things that we should be mm-hmm. or when we're turning away from him, mm-hmm. he still has that, yeah. that love for us. And I thought it's, I think it's really meaningful what you said about just being, that it's really tempting, especially I think in our culture to just yes. be busy. Yes, it definitely. And I was a doer. I had my list yes. every day. Yeah. And I would even have to write down, mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. I was wondering why you felt like you you learned to just be more. Was it just that you were forced to because things were out of your control or you had to wait, you know, at the doctor or in the hospital? There wasn't anything that you could do. So you were left with just being present. Is that what happened? Some of it. it, A lot of it. Out of my control. I like control Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. But and the time and and you would get frustrated Mm -hmm, sometimes. mm -hmm. I mean, how can you be in an emergency room in the hallway or mm-hmm. whatever for a day? It was beyond my comprehension the yeah. first time I had to do that. So in order to deal with that, I would be mm-hmm. and breathe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes it didn't seem like we had to talk. I mean, I love to mm-hmm. talk. and My whole family likes to talk. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law loved to talk. But, you know, just sitting with someone and no one saying anything is like a prayer. Yeah. You know, that you're sharing mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. to God for for all kinds of things. I think, I think that is highly, highly underrated. Yes. Just being with somebody and not having to talk, needing to talk to feel to feel that you're together. Yeah. Um, and know, it's I, uncomfortable. So, Cause yeah. Because yeah. we don't do it. But then you, but then you learn, this is okay, and yeah. like my value to the person that I'm with is not always what I can do or say for them. Oh, exactly. That, that like it's it's be it's that I'm me or that they're they're themselves. That's the value that we have to each other. Um, and you're right. It just that gets so lost in the world. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I I I can totally like I said I can I can see how this these experiences were gifts and I'm, I just, you know, thanks for answering those. What I, asked, <laughs> sure. I just wanted to like tease that out a little bit is it doesn't seem like it would be a gift when you look at just face value. It's someone suffering and dying, but, but, but it is. And it's because actually I think of the life yes. that's still going on there and the life that it's different, but you're still living with this person and, and it's love. Uh, yeah, that was the other yes, thing, yeah. you know, I've learned is that um, we can just be mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, a couple other things um, that I kind of learn is that I'm strong. 
You know, I learned that I'd early say, on. Yeah. And so when I'm having some mm-hmm. hard moments now, yeah. I have it on a piece of paper. I should probably get it done up. I am strong with an exclamation point yes. after it. Yes. And um, that just the trust in God is there. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's been such a part of my life mm-hmm. from, from the day I was born mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. baptized and, and all the sacraments I received mm-hmm. that. That trust is there. So that mm-hmm. that's amazing. And um, that my family, whether it be my children, my mother, whoever my extended family, mm-hmm. are really, really important, mm-hmm. are central to my life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, thank you for sharing this. It's a really uh, beautiful example of uh, what love and care are and that it's not you know, what I'm taking away from this is that it's not always doing or even saying things. It's being w- being there for somebody and being with somebody. And isn't that just an image of what God wants with us? He wants, yeah. he wants to be with us and he wants us to be with him. And it doesn't matter if we don't, you said earlier, didn't have the words sometimes of what to say. And I liked what you said that you, you had that repeated prayer of thy will be done. Right. Those little, little phrases um, got me I, through <laughs> and I have one for me is Jesus I trust in you that's one nice. for me um, but that it's that moment of just calling out to God I don't have the words right now but I know that you know mm-hmm. so this is my way of entrusting myself to you and to, to your your care and your grace and all of that so um, those little mantra prayers are really powerful even though they just seem like oh it's just a couple words but it's not it's very no very powerful get you through those those times so yes trudy thank you so much for doing this thank you you did a wonderful (laughs) job thanks for listening to this episode of the story if you're enjoying this podcast and we hope that you are since you're listening right now Could you do us a favor and recommend it to one other person, a family member, a friend, a fellow parishioner? We really appreciate your listenership, and we hope that it's something that you have enjoyed enough to want to invite others to listen to as well. If you have a story from your personal faith journey that you'd like to share with others through this podcast or by other means, you can let us know by filling out the form at standrewsaline.org slash witness.